Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Thanks everybody who's been listening to my last episode, the Worth the Wait, where I talked about not freaking out because your ultra-popular show hasn't announced a new season yet. It'll happen. If you're interested in my thoughts about that, you can go listen to the last Sunday edition, which is the episode before this in the podcast feed, in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. And thank you for listening to my episode on Love Hina. That, that's an, that an odd episode because uh, I don't know if you've gathered. I don't exactly script these things out because I want them to have a more raw emotional quality than is common. Thank you, police officers, for doing your job, I guess. Um, but... So sometimes, uh, a lot of times, these episodes get rambly because I am processing the feelings pretty pretty immediately and i i want that's what i want for this show and you guys seem to like it so thank you um so this episode we're talking we're going to talk about something that i watched um on movie night so since regardless of what christopher nolan will have you believe it's still not super safe to go into movie theaters and go seeing movies left, right, and center. And this is some. This is coming from somebody who deeply loves to go to the movies. I used to go to the movie like for, for a period for once for many summers. Actually, many summer movie seasons. Period. I will see every major release. This is probably the first year I haven't endeavored to do that. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that just about every anime movie that comes out, I just go see it. I, you know, where I used to live, I would get on a train, go in, go see it. Now I would get on a bus, same process. But since the pandemic has happened if you're listening to this in the future when we're all hopefully okay um there was a pandemic in 2020 welcome to it i endeavored to make myself a movie theater if you go back in the podcast feed you'll find the sunday edition where i talk about building your own home theater because i had recently literally just done that and the reason why I did it was because I wanted to, like, I didn't want to lose the large screen experience of watching movies. And the other thing I want to talk about is another um, Sunday edition that I did, and that is the edition on Iyashke. The Sunday edition on Iyashke. I talk about Iyashke as, like, it's like a calm, if you haven't listened to that episode, just to summarize it here, the calming soothing, kind of nothing of any real consequence or pressure happens in the show. It's just, it's a show that's meant to make you feel like you're like snuggled up on a cold day with a warm blanket and everything feels all warm and nice. And it's, and right now, considering tensions are Peaking, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna hope. Jesus, if we have, if we have anyone to go up from here on either side, it's like, it's bad. But that's to say, it's important to like give yourself mental breathing space. Like, if you're super agitated, maybe it's not great to watch a super like roid ragey. Maybe it's not great to, like, always sit down and watch a Dragon Ball Z power-up scene for nine episodes and just, like, get yourself more and more built on your own, high on your own supply of pissed and rage. Um, and Yashke is a really good way to escape from that, for that kind of escape. And one of the best shows for that is what we're going to talk about the movie for today. And that that movie is K-On! The Movie.
Unfamiliar with Kaon, or you're unfamiliar with the general oeuvre of I can't believe I said that into a microphone um, of of Kyoto Animation. Kyoto Animation got its big claim to fame when when they really started getting noticed was kind of like cute girl doing cute things, and that that. It's not necessarily perfected by K-On, but it is really it is really present in K-On. And the reason why I say that is because K-On is about four is about is about ultimately five girls who join a high school. Which honestly, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, oh yeah, these girls are in high school, not middle school. I keep forgetting that, and I'll get to why in a minute. Um, joining a high school light music club, and those four and those four girls are the main the main character they focus on is Yui, and then the kind of like the Yui is the focus character. That you follow around the most, but there's also Mio, Ritsu, Sumogi, and Azusa. And these five girls form this like high school, form this high school light music club, but they don't. It's that in name only, really. Like they, they do play music, they do all like get the get the instruments and write songs and play music. But a tremendous amount of that show is girls hanging out drinking tea. Is high school girls hanging out doing cute shit, drinking tea, eating pastries. And so the thing I really like about this show is that it it had, I believe two or it had two or three seat it had three seasons i think actually i think it might have only had two but it wouldn't surprise me if they had three and the movie so anime movies lots of times they can serve they can serve lots of purposes they can be recaps of the entire show this is 
tons of those. They can be standalone, like standalone big episodes. That's really common for like One Piece. Like some One Piece adventures are just the movie. Like you want to see what happens when the One Piece crew goes to a casino. That's the movie you can watch. You want to see Luffy punch a giant alligator into a giant octopus. That's the movie you can watch. But it's. And also, there's the Shonen, there's also the, like, and One Piece is part of this as well, there's the Shonen Jump treatment of an anime movie, and what that basically means is you have a bunch of characters that only show up to that movie, and you set up the story so it can be removed from continuity and have no consequence. Um, that's, that is the major critique of most Shonen, of most, if not all, Shonen movies, is like, I did an episode on Memories of Nobody, from, on Bleach Memories of Nobody. That movie, you can just disappear it from the adventures of Ichigo and Rukia, and it has no consequence. There's no story, there's no story consequence to that movie not existing, so to speak. And that's pretty common for anime movies, especially anime movies that are linked to a series. Because oftentimes you don't have the same people working on the same things and they want to maintain one continuity, but they want to tell a story that they can get people in theaters for. And it's, a, it's an odd balancing act. But in the case of K-On, Kyoto Animation did do the movie for K- did do the movie for K-On. And so what the movie is is actually pretty interesting. Is It serves as the end point for K-On. It serves as the grand finale of that show. And that's to say that, you know, in a timeline continuity of the show, Azusa is the youngest of the five girls in the Light Music Club. All the other girls are at this point, seniors going away to a university and they're graduating. And the way they set the movie up, it, by the way, spoiler alert for this movie if you haven't seen it, it is dubbed and subbed on Netflix. So you can go find it and watch Jelly Heart's Content right now if you want. But the basically, the movie sets up as they're like trying to find a gift for, for Azusa to like thank her for putting up with them, basically. And because Kaon, so I remember, I remember when I was in college and I had a friend in college, a guy named Christian. Hi, Christian, if you're listening to this, I've not seen you since college. Um, me and him were both as big as anime heads as each other. So, like, we checked out the new shows, we like. We had an existential crisis when Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood came out or was announced and started coming out because we're like, how's it fucking different? All the stuff we've seen had been the same. Like, slightly better written, but not better written enough where it's like, do they know that they're making that this show was already made? And then, like, one of us was like, wait, Ed's hair is blonder. That's it. They weren't happy with the blondness of the hair. We're psychopaths. Um, <laughs> later on, both of us were like, oh, that's why they did this weird thing. Cool. Okay. This show is much better now. But, so we would check out all these shows, and we checked out K-On! And sight unseen to fucking K-On! If you go by the opening and the ending sequences of any K-On show, it like portrays a very different show than five girls hang out and drink tea and sometimes maybe weird music happens. <laughs> and like like weird corny light rock happens. And 
We so like we sat down like we both sat down to the show and like one day we were like, I don't know if that's for me, man. And then we saw the openings and endings and we're like, fuck, this show might be good. But the the true The true gift the true gift that Kaon has it has is Kyoto and Kyoto Animation has this and you see it in in many 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 of their shows. I'm not gonna say all because free is an odd thing in the Kyoto Animation portfolio of shows, but in many of their shows, you see that they have this gift for setting up and <laughs> executing on these gags that are just they. They're adorable, and they're like they don't have any a huge amount of weight to them, but they're just so goofy that you laugh at them. Like in the beginning of this movie, um, Azusa walk um, walks into um the club room, and they're all and they're all practicing. They're playing this like hard rock, and then they're like. They get into a fight about musical direction, and she's like, "This is like, why is this happening?" And then, by chance, she presses play on the boombox that's sitting on the bench, and they all like clip like they're in a video game animation back into like the hard rocking out playing this hard rock song. They were just pantomiming too, as the boombox played it, <laughs> and it's just like. The, the, like, the thing that much comedy, that much comedy period, not even much anime comedy, it doesn't do well is it doesn't do timing well. And the, and the comedy in K-On just is impeccably timed. It is, it has this universal quality of, like, if I don't understand the reference that this is trying to pull from, if, like, this was a cultural reference, that doesn't matter. It's just funny. It's hilarious when Yui tries to cheat on where they're going to go on their graduation trip, and they catch her, and then they, like, draw a face out of Katakana on a piece of paper, and they tape it like she's one of the spirits from Spirit Away coming off the boat under her hair, so it just looked like she had, like, a katakana face. And she's just talking through the piece of paper for an entire scene until she gets up and tries to walk somewhere and falls flat on her face. And, like, those gags mixed with, like, the real teenager... Plus teenage girl teasing, poking and prodding, but with love kind of relationship that all of these girls have with each other. It's just, it's just fucking funny. <laughs> There's another scene later on where they're ta- where they're talking about about something, and one of them goes like, "Oh yeah." Mio doesn't wear underwear, and she's like, motherfucker, I said I don't wear socks. I wear underwear, you weirdos. God damn it, stop saying that out loud in public. And it's just, it, it's just like, I, and I've used the word consequence-free a bunch of times so far, but that's really what it is. It's this it's this perfect, they strike this perfect, they strike this perfect balance of none of this will matter, will have any effect on the character. Like, at no point when you're watching K-On, do you ever turn on an episode and, and like, me, it's like, guys, I have cancer. That's not the kind of show you're watching. You're watching, like, a light, airy, fluffy feel-good show, and, but also, the, so, the, so, 
one of the more interesting hard swings they had in um, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is when um, Toru and Kana are just like teleport to a random island in the world on Earth and like fucking go hard like Dragon Ball Z characters for like half an hour or something and you see that oh wait Kyoto Animation knows how to do this shit they just choose not to and the, that effect is achieved in K-On with the opening and ending sequences in the actual TV show you see them like make these masterful music videos for the end sequences. You see them come up with great catchy pop songs for the op- for the openings of each season of K-On! And it demonstrates that they know, like, if they wanted to go full mana and give you a high school girl music anime, they could. But that's not what they're interested in. What they're interested in is... Making a kind of slightly goofy, fun anime about, like, high school girls hanging out together. And, like, being really good friends. And, but, like, not being, like, shitty friends. Uh, So I've said this to a bunch of people I'm friends with. Whenever they talk about, like, their friends and how their friends are just kind of assholes, but it's okay. We've known each other for a while. I'm like, no, it's not okay. Like, your friends should not be assholes to you. It, it, your friends should not be, like, unforgivably terrible people to you. Your friends should totally, like, poke you, and they shouldn't, like... They shouldn't take everything just as face value because your friends should be honest with you, but at the same time... Your friends should not treat you like shit. For as much as, like, Yui, Ritsu, for as much as, like, Yui, Ritsu, and Ritsu pick on Mio, they're not, like, evil to Mio. They, like, poke at her just to get a reaction out of her, and then she's just, like, she'll poke back, or, like, it feels all supernatural. It feels all really natural and really like there's, there's no escalations into full on fights in this show. People are not ha- like these girls are not like you know dragging each other down the hallway by their hair because bullshit. Um, the thing I will say that this is a offender of is. K-On is definitely a boys don't exist in K-On kind of show. Like there, there are no, there are very few male characters of consequence in K-On, which is fine. It it can be off-putting if you don't focus on it. If you if you don't have the right kind of focus, but K-On strikes a pretty like, the kind of focus where it's like, no, like, these girls just, like, they're they're not there yet. They're not, that's not where their heads are at. It's fine. Move on. And so the movie, the movie ends up functioning as the finale to the show. And the basic plot structure of the movie is they're looking for, they're looking for a gift for, for, Azusa to say goodbye, like a good, like a parting gift of like hear from your seniors, and they come up with the idea of making a song, and then they hear, they overhear a different club in homeroom talking about they're going to Hawaii on for their graduate for their graduation trip, and all of a sudden, Ritu like self-proclaimed leader of the group is just like we're going on a graduation trip also Asuka can come because we want her to come and also the plot <laughs> like just the plot it's fine and she so they have that hilarious scene where the hilarious scene I mentioned where Yui cheats because she wants to go to Europe 
and somebody and Mio ends up winning and they end up going to London, which is in Europe. Someone is like, you, you should still be okay with this. London is in Europe. Have you seen a map? How did you get into college again? Have you seen a map? Do you know what a map is, Yui? And they, so they end up going to London. And the entire movie takes place in London. This is a travel fantasy movie via a cute girl doing cute stuff, Yashke anime. And one of the first things that happens in London is they get mistaken for a band, for a different band that they actually know. Um, and they play this, like, British sushi place. And <laughs> they're all, because they went into the sushi place thinking, like, oh, we want sushi. And one of them is like, motherfucker, we have sushi at home. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, but, but it's in London. And they go to the sushi place and they're just really put off by the fact that the sushi place is so aggressively fancy. And then the manager mistakes them for a different band. Um, I think Love Crisis is the name of the other band. And they end up, because they don't know enough English to get out of it, they end up playing the gig. And when they got out, and then they leave because they're so nervous. They don't know how to say, like, can we have some food, please? And they just leave without getting paid or anything. And then they bump into Life Crisis, who got there at the time they were supposed to be. And they're like, um, we played your gig. I'm sorry. (laughs) And that, like, in your brain, as a person who watches things, you set that up as a point of conflict. But no, you set that up as a point of conflict in a movie, to be clear. In real life, what would probably happen is like, oh, yeah, you're right, that's not great. Let me go talk to the manager of the restaurant, get it all straightened out, it'll be fine. But in a movie, in a piece of entertainment, that's like a point of com- that's a potential point of conflict of like the start of a main plot of a whole movie. But in this, in because it's K-On and because it is a, at its core an Iyashke, you know, cute moe girl anime, the lead singer of Love Crisis, it's just like, oh, yeah, that is a problem. She does exactly what I just said. Like she's like, oh, that is a problem. Let me go talk to the manager. We'll get it worked out. You guys should probably get to your hotel, and the movie just moves on. It just moves. on. On. And that's the way the whole movie kind of flows. It is it's it's more the watch is terrible, truly awful Adam Sandler Halloween movie. Which starts off strong with Adam Sandler riding his bike home to his mom's house, because he still lives with his mom in this movie. And just like projectile vomiting off of his bike, like like a Tuesday, like a blah. And that, like, if it had a tone and kept a story linked together, like that kind of thing could be very funny. But at least for me, for anybody over the age of like twelve, you you do not have to watch that movie long and be like, "There's no story holding these vignettes together. This sucks, and I hate it." Let's turn it off. Um, but in K-On, it, like, they have, it's very clear that they're, like, telling these little jokes and they're telling these very funny, like, hey, this hotel, the hotel rooms have two doors. And <laughs> there's this scene where, you know, uh, Azusa goes to bed and Yui, like, sneaks out of her bedroom and she goes... To the to the to the other room with with Ritsu, Mio and Tsumogi to like start to like get their help writing the song they're gonna perform for Azusa the gift. 
And Azza, like, wakes up and she's like, oh, Yui must be in the other girl's room and follows them in as Yui is leaving. And Yui gets back to her own room where Azza is supposed to be. And Azza is not there. So what does she do? She freaks out and she's like, fuck, where'd Azza go? We lost Azza. Go back to Mio, Ritsu, and Samogi's room. As Azza's like, oh, I'm just going to go back to bed. Since you told me that Yui went back to bed. And Yui just burst in like, guys, Azza's gone. We lost her in London. We suck. And they're like, no. She just went back in your room. And as Yui leaves, Azza comes back around and is like, guys. I think Huey disappeared. <laughs> it does that for like a good 10, for like a good couple seconds. For just long enough for the, for what someone to go, okay, you fucking moron, stand in one place for five seconds and like one of you will bump into the back of the other. It's fine. And I mean, I, I don't know if you can hear me smiling at this, but it... It's just so genuinely funny and so unconcerned with creating the constant, like, conflict points that a lot of movies, that if they were written, that a lot of different versions of this movie would have been about. So, like, the final act of the movie is their... Um, well, not the final. Well, um, not the final act of the movie, but the kind of like two thirds of the way through, like performance of the of the movie is their teacher says, "Oh, hey, you know, Love Crisis is also going to be playing this Japanese cultural festival in this park. So if you guys are still there that day." Can you do, can you also play? And they're like, sure. What time is it? Because we have to be on a plane at five o'clock. And she says, it's at four. And any 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 human, any human, is like, fuck no. I have to get on a plane. But these three girls are just like. True teenagers to the bones, and they're just like, yeah, that seemed fine. And that, in a once again, in a normal movie, it tra- your brain is trying to be like, okay, so they missed their plane, and that's how we get like the third, the fourth act of this thing is that by them bumming around, you know, London playing weird gigs until they can get another flight home. But no. They play the gig, it goes fine, and they run to their plane and they make it, and they get home. And it's... It it takes, by like sucking the tension out, it just lets you have fun watching them run to the airport afterwards and like calling a taxi and getting out of the taxi and doing the like jog with all their luggage, like we're late, let's go. And it... So, when there can be a kind of release when you know you're watching something that people will succeed, that the character you want to win will win. For example, I've been watching the, um, not the Justice League Unlimited, but I've been on DC, on DC Universe, which I signed up to watch Titans, and then I kept because I I like a lot of DC things. A lot of, DC is interesting because it finds the real world interesting and it's not it if it wants to have a conversation about police brutality it will. It doesn't care what it doesn't really care what like necessarily oh it, DC is more interested in getting ratings because they're relevant, not bending the character in the same way that, like, um, so there's a plug for my other podcast, my other podcast with my friend Lauren that um, I'm part of that belongs to my friend Lauren. Hi, Lauren. 
and Le- our mutual friend Larry is also on there, is about X-Men. And it's about a period of X-Men when they, I think the first reboot of X-Men, when X-Men started failing ratings, so they like rebooted it entirely and changed the, and changed the team more to the team that you probably recognize from the 90s cartoon, if you're interested. Um, go check it out wherever you're listening to me right now. And that is, and the podcast is called The Uncanny Curves Podcast. And we have a lot of fun recording it. I still need to edit the fourth episode, but hey, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'll get there. I, um, no, I need to edit the, yeah, I need to edit the fourth episode, but it's fine. But DC, the, like, bet the one of the, Things that works about Superman that you don't really think about when you're watching Superman in the Justice League show is he's not going to lose. Superman's not going to get beat by, like, the knight of the, like, villain of the week, like, bank robber. It's just not going to happen. So it becomes less about this, like, tension of, like... Oh my god, can he do it? Oh, okay, how's this gonna go? And in a weird way, the K-On! movie delivers on that same feeling because they, you're absolutely guaranteed that you won't... That, that, te- that, that tension of potential failure just isn't there. And it's a really nice feeling, especially in 2020. Um, but also... They avoid that by like, that's not the last. That's not the last episode. That's not the last um, performance and sequence in the show. Once they get back from London, they they have they have this whole sequence of like they have a hilarious sequence where Yui bought souvenir, bought tea for bought British tea home as souvenirs. But it's like their entire, their entire kosu table covered in different tins of English tea. <laughs> her her older her youngest sister's like she, she's like yeah pick whichever one you want and her youngest sister's like I don't think you have this many friends this is like three years worth of tea oh god. And it zoomed out and you see, like, all the tea. Like, she just went into a tea shop in England and just bought it, bought one of everything. Um, but then they set, set up this final conflict of, like, Afternoon Tea Time, the name of their band, wants to perform in the classroom and their advisor who was also part of was part of the rock and roll music club when she was a high schooler in the same school that that she's teaching at and that these girls are going to got in huge trouble, like almost did not graduate trouble for doing the same thing. And they set it up like it's gonna be a conflict and she like does her best to cover for them, but what what this show does pretty well and what the movie continues to do pretty well is I'm sure we all remember having a teacher kind of like this in high school. Having a teacher who's not who is significantly older than you, yes, but not so much older than you that like it is out, that you are out of each other's frame of reference for like understanding. Like I like when you're like when you're 17 if you have a teacher who's in her early 20s like you can still get there with each other at certain points you can still be like oh okay and i mean there's a lot of separation there still but like you can still be like oh okay i kind of get it and they're their teacher, I don't remember their teacher's name, but she, she, 
it's that she falls into that kind of category, and so they they have these funny gags where like the teacher isn't so much older than the student she's advising for the light music club that they can't be like get out of here don't you have a date and she's like not that i'm aware of and ritsu as she's pushing her by the other room and just like then go get one (laughs) and so she's trying to cover for them and she's and so it's like kind of the kind of the this show's version of like the grumpy of like the grumpy old guy teacher shows up one shows up the last morning of school and he's like he's like oh it's unusual to see you at your desk this early t- this this early whatever her name is and she's like yeah there's still a bunch of stuff that I have to get done from school and he like takes one fucking look at her lying ass, and he's like, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it, you fucking... And, and also the loudspeaker goes, like, goes like, everybody meeting, like, class one, whatever, for live performance, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I knew it. I knew there was no reason you were going to be responsible at your job. <laughs> and she tries to stop him, and they're ru- and, like, She's like running after him, like catching him by his sleeve and trying to stop him, because she wa- she doesn't want these girls. She wants these girls to be able to do this and not get in super trouble. And then they get to the classroom and he hears them playing. And he's like, ah, you're not in trouble because they're cute and they play better than you did back then. It's <laughs> like this instant of like a melting of an adult's heart. As he stabs another adult's heart, as he stabs the other adult in the heart, and it's this fun gag, where, like I said, another movie could have made it a point of contention, and the one thing I will say is, because of that, like, because this movie doesn't have any. Because this movie doesn't have any super heavy conflict. That their conflict is trying to come up with a song for Azza, but they end up realizing like, oh, it's about heart. It's not about content. Which is, which is right, but which is fine, but also right. Is that, and this happens in the show too. Kaon as a property can feel a little flat because you're just drifting. You, you're kind of drifting dreamlike through this cloudy, non-confrontational universe that doesn't have... That, that, that after watching it, even after watching this movie, it... it removes your expectation that there'll be any kind of, like, spikes of achievement by the character. Like, everything will always be fine, but nothing, but nothing ever, but nothing ever, but because everything is always fine, nothing stands out as, like, a big victory. Like, the, in, another, in another movie, the... It's like them performing at the end of the movie in the classroom, and, like, you know, the teacher isn't fine with it, but never finds out, comes off as this big hurrah moment for, like, we did it. Or he, like, finds out at the last minute, and as, and as they finish playing, he, like, veers the corner of the hallway, and then they stop, and they put their instruments away, and they, like, go home with their diplomas. And it's just, but that's not what Kaon's about. That's not that that kind of movie, that kind of plot structure wouldn't work for the property. So it If you like Kaon the show, you'll definitely like Kaon the movie, or if you like Iyashke style relaxing anime, you'll like both. But don't go looking to Kaon for 
huge, like, world-ending, friendship-ending change what it means to exist in that show's universe conflicts because and this is this is true of um Dragon Maid to a certain extent um Dragon Maid is fine with being what it is Kaon is fine with being what it is and There are great demonstrations of the fact that you don't need that stuff to make a great piece of entertainment. You, it, not everything needs to be like gritty action, My Hero Academia, everything has a consequence. You know, Deku now knows how to float around and fucking blow stuff up with his brain or some bullshit. <laughs> it can just be a good time. And it can be a good time that doesn't, like, stress you out because in the middle of watching it because this new conflict, you're like, oh, God. Me, like I said, oh, God, Mio has cancer. We only have five months. She only has five months to live. This is so bad. It, stuff doesn't need to be like that. It can just be relaxing and, like, it, it can be devoid of tension and that can still work. And that's the kind of masterful, masterstroke of the, of Kaon in, in this movie and in the television show. So, like I said, you can go check it out on Netflix literally right now. That's why I watched it, um, Tuesday night, my aforementioned movie night, but with that said, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it in whatever you're using to listen to me right now. If you are still jonesing for more, what I'm going to recommend is if you haven't listened to the bonus episode, the thing that I did that I'm going to call Manga Minute, and I'm going to do whenever I have enough sauce about a manga to put into a full minute of audio and put it out in the universe, you can go check that out in the podcast feed um, below this episode. And it's called Manga Minute. It's, it's called Bonus Manga Minute FCAN. And it's on the FCAN manga that you can go read on the Joan and Jump app. But until Sunday, when the next Sunday edition comes out, I've been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you on Sunday.